0: The fever has already started. The intergovernmental panel on climate change that was issued in 2001 warns of all the bad things that are going to happen during this century. And more and more we see the progression of this economic model through disasters. So we're now in a cycle
1: where the economic model itself is so destructive to the planet that the number of disasters are increasing.
0: Why do we still not take it seriously? We take it seriously, rationally, but nonetheless, we cannot act.
1: I think we need to fear people who love systems more than people because the flip side of the love is a hatred for anything or anyone that interferes with the realization of that system.
0: Hope is only where despair is. Something truly new beginning happens only when you are in such a deep sheet that within the existing coordinates, You can find no way out. And then, in order to survive, you have to invent something new. The magic is to turn a desperate situation into a new beginning.
2: Fruitless, a podcast hosted by me, Josiah Sutton. This is episode 24, Children of Men or The Fruitless Christmas Special, featuring Chris Barker and Alien. All right, well, well, welcome everybody to the fruitless uh, Christmas special, New Year's special, whatever we want to call it. Um, and I am joined today by uh, two two of my favorite people to talk with, Chris Barker, hey, and Alien, aka Stewie Griffin DJ. <laughs> you always have to give the. Yeah, idea. I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my name it's just the handle i use on blue sky i
1: want to clarify it's
2: not an alien (laughs) these are two separate pseudonyms no
1: no no they're not it's not a pseudonym it's just an ad
2: (laughs) no it's a pseudonym it's like a a, your pen name like the end of your treatise it's yeah Stu griffin dj
0: Every every time I hear Stewie Griffin uh, Stewie Griffin DJ, I want to do like a record scratch thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should I should get that yeah.
2: loaded up, have a little record scratch.
0: That's, uh, <laughs> that's the dumbest old millennial fucking thing.
1: <laughs> did you did you recognize what it was in reference to from the beginning? yes, you... yes. Oh, yeah.
0: I fucking watched Dude. that fucking show. Yeah, <laughs> hell that. yeah.
1: When I was in high school. <laughs> Shout to, ch- shout to Spencer's gifts for making that T-shirt. This stu- <laughs> 2 t- Griffin
2: DJ T-shirt. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We talked about this. Whatever. I'm sorry. I'm repeating myself. We talked about this in the last free list. So no, just, you're whatever, good. Whatever. Whatever. No. We're good, for the we're Patreon good. if you want to hear this full story. Yeah, if you want to hear the full story
2: about <laughs> Children of Yes. Give me money. Yes. And for this free feed, of course, we're talking about Children of Men, uh, which is uh, one of Chris and I's favorite movies. And Alien will decide how he feels about it. The, uh, this is maybe the most
1: depressing film that could technically be described as a Christmas movie.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. You could also, I was thinking that you could also call 400
1: Blows a Christmas movie because that also takes place around the holidays. <laughs>
2: I think this is a more depressed. Well, I was gonna say it's a more depressing movie, The Four Hundred Blows. But Four Hundred Blows is is does not have a hopeful ending, and as no, bleak it's as Tilbert of Men worse. Is, <laughs> yes, Tilbert of Men starts out really bleak, and then it gives you a glimmer of hope. As yeah, yeah Four Hundred yeah. Blows is just like you know how childhood sucks; it's gonna suck later too. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of this forever, buddy. shout out to france guys quick shout out to france yeah shout out to Truffaut, new wave etc
0: what
1: is so who what is children of men and who directed it and when did it come out and what's the plot of it yeah yeah
0: it's directed by alfonso cuaron uh i'm gonna need to look up when it came out hello internet 2006
2: Uh, i actually know that off the top of my head there we go
0: that's that's awesome it's based on a novel by pd james and the novel is definitely worth reading. It is quite different from the book, but this is one of the cases where, like, I don't think that's—I don't think that they're worth comparing. Um, they're quite different, makes a, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Quaron makes a lot of different artistic choices um, than P.D. James does in the book. It's sort of like um, it's sort of like Annihilation, right? Annihilation, the book. Annihilation, the movie. Both very good. Not really the same thing.
2: Mhm. They they have different things on their mind. I I agree with yeah. that. And yeah, cuz I've not read the Children of Men book, but I I understand that the religious themes are a lot more explicit. And what oh, makes yes. I think them interesting is it took a really really religious film and kind of like sublimated that that, you know, like kind of pulled out the explicit religiousness to it but kept like the essence of like the emotional values that are being communicated with those religious, you know, metaphors or whatever.
0: Yeah. Mm. Does that make any sense? Well, yeah. And I think that there are so many moments in the movie where that, like the, the religious symbolism is there everywhere constantly, Mm. but you have to be looking to see it. You have to be watching the movie carefully to pick up on what they're doing. And Mm. I think that that is really clever um it's really smart filmmaking it's really smart writing and there are ways that it subverts it subverts kind of traditional symbolism and uses contemporary symbolism like contemporary symbolism of the time to Mm -hmm. like you know further religious themes we'll get into it like when they come into bex hill there is like oh boy yeah uh you know yeah Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest achievements of this movie is its set design. Like, you know, I I think that's that's it, it's been talked about a lot, but I I mean, I didn't until I was like reading up on it for this episode, I didn't realize just how insane some of the set design stuff is. You know, b- because that like like most of the, you know, all the graffiti, all the stuff you see on the walls, Kieran had this mentality of like set design can only only put something if you can find a real life referent for it. Mm-hmm. So like if you're gonna spray paint a slogan on the walls or whatever, you better like show me a wall, you know, a picture of a wall in Palestine where this is also the case. Because nice. well, well, what's, what's the or, film or the, about? Oh yeah, yeah. What's the film? Of, well, the thing is, it's, it's like one of the most discussed films ever. That it always feels like weird to walk through. But yeah, so the the plot. Is that it is set in a world where um, there is no longer children being born. There's some sort of fertility crisis. And it's been, I believe, 20, what is it, like 18 years into that?
0: It's 18. Baby Diego died just after his 18th birthday. Right. That's what the film opens up on. Spoiler Yeah, we're gonna spoil the funny,
2: whole movie.
1: It's, the, it's like the first thing that happens in the movie. But we're also gonna
2: spoil <laughs> the whole movie, just a warning.
0: Uh, yeah. Like, I mean just full spoiler warning. We're like every yeah, turn this of off. Mm-hmm. Turn this off if you don't want to know what happens yeah. in this movie.
1: You should you should probably also watch it before you get into this because like the plot is like straightforward, but also like uh somewhat convoluted. It's basically just go it's like basically going from like one location other to other lo- like to another location to yeah, another yeah. location,
0: but it's, it's like a, it's a yeah, film long fetch quest.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. Here's <laughs> yeah, the thing: yeah. is that the only critic I, I saw who was talking about how video gamey it was. Well, okay. I didn't go on a comprehensive read of like all of the major critics, so I should clarify. Uh, it was I was looking at actually Armand White picked up on was that he said that it felt, it felt very video gaming, and I agree. It actually is very video gamey. Like once I realized that, and even. Even like the long takes that it's known for.
2: Well, yeah, that, are... that could be video gamey. Yeah, right,
1: yeah. because there aren't as of course. Uh, me and Josiah have discussed before amongst ourselves, not recording, so I don't know why I'm saying. Of course, um, Gosman <laughs> Zant was the first person really to connect the dots of imagining the the camera of a third person video game as a, a film camera, and was was talking about the fact that it 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 follows the characters but never cuts. That that's kind of the mm-hmm. uh like definitive filmic uh but also of, like, but also follows the
2: them game. at a weird place like from behind or something like that and above than, yes like, and above know, blocked out yeah f- from mm-hmm. I yeah because yeah, yeah. You, you what is it the mm-hmm. movie jerry is that the one jerry talking yeah about that does that
1: g-e-r-r-y yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's
2: a it's an interesting
1: watch whatever i'm getting a feel of it now but like yeah it does feel a little video gamey that is true yeah, uh, hold I on i just want to I just want to say this. I, I am aware this is one of both Chris and Josiah's favorite movies of all time. I think that's fair to say.
2: Yes. Is that uh, fair to yeah. say? Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think it is merely
2: very good. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have a screaming match about a this. screaming
1: that's... match about whether it's an eight or a ten.
2: Yeah. The...
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, you you two can. I'm. Yeah, I'm, you're not. You're no. staying
2: out of that. I actually want to fight well, I mean, it. I
0: think... I mean I, I'm not I'm just not willing to I, I, I love this no. movie and no, no, I don't no. I'm not shit. angry <laughs> <Hell
2: yeah. laughs>
0: no, no, I know you're not angry, but like I don't I don't I don't feel the need to defend it. You know what I mean? Like I don't no, It's yeah, just yeah. one of those things, you know. Hey, look, yeah.
1: one of my favorite movies is Spring Breakers, and no one else thinks that's a 10. That's I'm the only <laughs> person on earth who thinks that.
3: Yeah, you know? look, it's, okay, it's can a matter I just of taste. A question? Can I yeah, just ask yeah. a question? Yeah, go for it.
1: Okay, so when the fi- so when the fishes assassinate, uh, fuck
0: Julian, it. Ju- Julian. It's Moore's. been a week now,
1: Julian. Yeah, the oh yeah, I noticed that also. Julian, Julian Moore was that in the original book? That is Julian. I didn't know. I, oh, whatever. I didn't. I felt like that was on. <laughs> I-,
0: I have not reread the book in a while, Definitely. and so I cannot remember. Yeah, w- what. Role that character plays in the book? Yeah, um, Julian. Off top
1: of my head. So okay, so they're the fishes. In retrospect, we understand this are trying to assassinate Julian as part of a power play in order to select a new leader for themselves, right? And here's my question: is that that works as a reveal and it moves the plot forward in a very effective way? Because as soon as they find out, they have to mo- immediately go. To a new location and there's an amazing action scene where they're like moving a a, they have to start a car by moving it down a hill right that's all great great. that's all great okay but if they were but if they were going to assassinate her then why did they why was their plan okay we're going to have like a fake stop and then they're gonna drive backwards and then there's going to be a motorcycle at the same speed going backwards, and it's going to be shooting from one moving vehicle into the other moving vehicle that's filled with people who are our allies and co-conspirators.
2: That feels <laughs> really absurd. Uh, I, 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 for me, yeah, that that probably isn't the most effective way, but it's it's because it's a really <laughs> cool scene. <laughs> but it's here's the thing: the defense.
1: I'll give it. I'll give a perfect defense right now yeah bro
2: it's badass it's badass yeah, that's, that's <laughs> there we go you know it is
1: badass it's the best scene in the entire movie
0: <laughs> oh wow you I, you actually you, okay okay so that's that's very interesting and we have gone okay. far afield of actually describing the plot of this movie but i said i remembered. remember you know. <laughs> look, there's know, no babies
2: but, you got it you got it everybody but but <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta go to the place
0: but I I do I do remember reading an AV Club, uh, uh, like criticism of that specific scene, and interesting, and and goddamn if I can't find it anymore, mm-hmm. um. But they they basically just talked about like oh for all its technical virtuosity it just like leaves the viewer cold and I'm like brother were you watching this fucking scene. <laughs>
1: I think I had a fucking panic attack
0: when that shit happened. I thought I was gonna die. Now, now here is here is now if if I was gonna give a a defense of the scene from a uh nerd emoji
3: standpoint,
0: well, no, yeah, (laughs) from a nerd emoji, I'm pushing my glasses up and getting my (laughs) buck teeth out. Um, standpoint (laughs) is that probably they didn't expect them to flee.
1: Oh right, right, gotcha.
0: So she, oh so, yeah, right.
1: Okay. And so probably right, hold on, but they, the dude, but the dude is, is, is who's allied with them is the one driving, right? Julianne Moore yeah. is in the opposite side.
0: So, so probably, isn't he aware
1: that the assassination is going to happen?
0: Well, yes, but probably I think what the expectation was is that uh, the thing would come down. Luke mm-hmm. would put it in reverse and then like like the trap would spring in such a way that they would like stop and be like ah and then Julian would get killed and then they'd pull them out and yada yada yada. and then
1: right right yeah here
0: we go you know um mm-hmm. or it would just be a quick like somebody would get right up there shoot Julian and then they would get away
1: right yeah that, right? that, and then, it, like, that okay so it, it the that theory is that the assassination that we see is in and of itself a uh, a fuck yeah. up, in a sense, like yeah, that, that and, again, and, and, like, what, uh, and we're watching again.
0: Yeah, what ends up happening is that Theo is there to kick the door open and kill the assassins,
1: right? And right, like, which then complicates that, the entire thing.
0: Yeah, Theo is continually right. the flying well, well, ointment.
1: Then the, then so then the that's ballsy of to just sit directly next to someone who's getting shot at. That is yeah, ballsy yeah. of him, but, but he is crazy, so he might just be yeah. like. Yeah, do yeah. it, man. I don't care. It's for the movement.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. but yeah, and then and then the reveal after that when Luke just kills the police officers, and then you're like, Yeah, oh no, these people are bad. Yeah. And that, like that's like that's, that's kinda so like fair. the that's kinda like the first moment where you're mm-hmm. you're watching it and you go, Oh no.
1: Damn, when oh, he kills no. those cops, that is such a sick like punchline to that whole scene. It's like, oh, and then it's like, and then fuck you. Like,
0: okay. Okay. But like, okay. I, I was, uh, I took some notes on this. Like this movie starts so goddamn hard.
1: It
2: does. No, no. Okay. So, so the opening scene of this movie, like, so, so let's walk through it. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is Theo's character, the main character played by Clive Owens is at like a a shitty coffee shop or whatever, getting his coffee while he's watching on the news that the youngest person in the world has died because as i yeah. said 18 years without children and so, so succinct a good succinct story And you're teller. just suddenly like okay got it you know mm-hmm. he gets his coffee he steps out he's sipping his coffee and then a bomb goes off behind him terrorist attack and it yeah. cuts immediately
0: to children of men hell yeah Amazing. I'm I'm sorry. but it's but it's not just that it's not just he's sipping his coffee okay he has paused Buy a trash can. Put his coffee on the on the trash can. Open the and he's pouring booze into it. Right, like he is not even like it's
1: establishing. Oh like my god! It's establishing That's the cool. character at the same time.
0: He is. Oh, he is man. like shit, man. I am like damn. This am, movie does rule. I am. I am <laughs> rough with it. Okay, and he's putting. He's got his. He's about to put his lid back on. And there's also been so many of these establishing shots where, like, if you know shit about cars you are watching this and you are just seeing a bunch of franken cars drive past okay it's mm-hmm. cars with like Renault fronts and peugeot backs <laughs> and because it's,
2: yeah, yeah this and this is the set design and, shit, right and, and, and it's amazing and everything oh, okay. everything
0: looks like ass and if you like every time i watch i see a new billboard in the background Same, where i'm like yeah, oh yeah. dang right and then yeah. Bomb goes off, and this lady walks out holding her fucking arm. Yeah, yeah. and you get the ringing ear, tinnitus, yeah. and then it's children mm-hmm. of men. It's and then what so
2: is? <laughs> then what does he do after that? He goes right to work. He goes to work. And what captures it better? I mean, like, this is this whatever, is, man. This is why it's an amazing I mean, part of why I just it's one of the Hell best yeah. greatest movies ever made to me anyway, because of how yeah. much how much of it's hard to actually give a synopsis of the movie because so much of the information is communicated visually, visually in an instant. Yeah. It's 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 cinema. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in an actual yeah. like, every aspect it, of it oh is God. delivering on something you know and as, as a science fiction
1: movie as like that as its genre it really uh exploits the best like the, the most powerful elements of sci-fi which is like it it is it is through showing what is normal passively forcing your imagination to fill in the gaps And the horror of the film largely comes from punishing you through your own imagination, right? Of that every time someone dies, you realize that the stakes are so much higher than if somebody died in our world. Because there's a finite amount of people. People aren't getting replaced. Every single person that dies there's another no one's coming to replace so, them that's all the people they're ever gonna be motherfucker like, and then it's, on, it's, on
2: top of all this right you have the fertility crisis but you the refugee crisis going on yes in the movie right. and this is i think one of the most important parts of the movie it's only, the Britain Britain prevails. Britain prevails. only I, prevails yeah yeah
0: and i think one of the most prescient parts exactly of the movie it yeah. is something that i have been obsessed with i listen i think about this movie uh I, this movie is my roommate. Hell yeah! Dog. <laughs> I think, think about that, this movie though. constantly. I think about the. I think about the idea of human beings not being on this planet almost constantly.
1: Yeah. Right. right.
0: Almost yeah. constantly. Yeah.
1: Well, it's happened before. It happened before. The yeah, story. And, I, <laughs> and I.
0: And I am yet to be convinced that it wouldn't be better if it happened again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the. Damn, you you are Edelman pilled. The um, Edelman pilled. But uh oh yeah, what what I was going to say is that I think that okay, did you notice that little thing? Okay, the only Britain prevails, shit. Um, that? that did you notice the specificity of the way that it's even phrased, of that it's mm-hmm. only Britain prevails? That means not yeah. Northern Ireland. So it's specifically. Oh, this... I didn't even
2: catch that. Wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's specifically even this like uh,
0: well, well, but okay, but also uh, even further It's a colonial way, right? You know
1: what I'm saying? W- yeah, yeah, e-
2: yeah. Even, yeah.
0: even further specific to that, it's like, it's referencing cities. Mm-hmm. It's referencing cities. It's not representing it's not reference referencing countries. Yeah. And then yeah. it says only Britain remains. But like Okay. But what happened to, what happened to Birmingham? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? What happened to Manchester? What happened to Liverpool? And and this,
2: this is where the filling, filling it in with your, your, that's why it's good. Like horror. But you just, you're filling in like what's happening to all these other, other uh, cities. Yeah. Like, like like,
0: like, Theo's in London, Theo's in London and Bexhill is um, a real place in England. And it's on the Southern coast of England on the channel. Right. But like. We don't we we don't go north. We don't know shit about what happened north of London. We don't know anything.
1: And all the detail is so uh, amazing. There's a part even in that scene we just discussed where they construct a, a. There there was a tower that is now constructed but didn't exist at the time. That they knew would exist in this universe, uh, but, but that there, there there were plans to construct it in real life, and so they're like, oh well, it will be built. By the time it's twenty twenty five, and so is what they
0: did, shard?
1: Yes, yeah, and so oh, shit. they they had it, <laughs> so they built a model. They got the plans for it and built a model of the shard and inserted it into the skyline of the film. I have been to London. I did not notice it was inserted. It is what so
3: perfect. <laughs>
1: So this incredible. is what I, this is
2: the thing this is the thing about the set design. It's amazing. And also like I think since so much of it is practical, when they do use like CGI or whatever, they're able to do it so well it's seamless. Like yeah, the, ba- the really baby good. the baby is CGI'd in the birth scene. Mm-hmm. Like, Damn! I didn't even know that. Was I, so know. Good. I didn't know that until what? I have I have the a Blu-ray with special features on it, and they have a whole special feature on how they animated. You're,
1: you're telling me something uh a detail about newspapers
2: that I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let here. Let's move. Well, let's a move tab, to the plot. Yeah, because this will get us to it. But yeah, so Clive Owen's character Theo, uh, he goes he goes to work. In the background, we're seeing just immigrants are getting rounded up in the background. This is daily life now. Um yeah. everybody's freaking out because
0: this like dude died. Yeah, goes yeah, to his last job. last leave job. Britain turn the lights out.
2: But yeah, so so goes about goes to his job, and then um, let's see, we're we're introduced to he 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 ends up leaving work early, and we're introduced to his good friend, <laughs> who's kind of like the old hippie, played by of course uh, Michael Caine. <laughs> Wait, can Gold. I go back for one
1: second? Can we go back yeah. for one second? I just want to say that one of my favorite little details of the film is that everyone at work is crying cuz baby Diego died and he just like just kind of looks around and goes to the office and he's like, "Yeah, um, I feel like really bad because of this. Can I like work the rest of the day from home?" You guys like, <laughs> "All right,
0: fine." <laughs> yeah, that seems great. It really is. Everyone everyone else is clearly like suffering and not able to do their job and he has like the werewolf thought to be like, "Well, shit, I can get out of work today." I'm, I'm going i can lie because i don't care about this kid
2: and so of course what do you do when you uh when you get a day like out of work will you go hang out with your best friend and get blasted and smoke weed dude and smoke weed <laughs> um which but and then like this is what I mean by the amazing set design that Hell just like yeah. will communicate shit is like on his way driving to um you mm-hmm. know Michael Caine's house. Well, I don't remember his character's name. They they you just Gas pass burned. by like light livestock being burned, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. so you just e- are able to communicate. Yeah, and there's pestilence too. Yeah, yep.
1: <laughs> which really is like leaning towards the idea that this is like an old testament style
0: punishment. So yeah, war, <laughs> pestilence, famine.
1: Yeah, yeah, you yeah know. it's all there. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to say briefly that this is uh, when we start to get introduced to the soundtrack of the film, which is uh, kind of diverse, but but involves a lot of 60s and 70s rock, I noticed.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah. that's interesting because like the whole film is sort of about uh, like um, we'll get into this later, but about a rear facingness, about kind of an obsession with the past. and uh even this contemporary songs they do a very clever thing of being like oh you know remember this came out in like 2002 and it's some like you know garage rock revival song but like there's a lot of like 60s and 70s rock in it with kind of even the implication that it's like uh in my mind that like in this world people are like nostalgic even even further are kind of going back to yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this like earlier era of of hope and change in yeah. order to cope
2: I, I don't know if it's too early to drag d- drag Mark Fisher in here but of course No, we can uh, do it. Yeah, it's I think it's time. It also feels like it's the most obvious thing because I think I think Fisher is the reading of this movie for a lot of people. Um so easy to bring in it but but we're seeing an early thing of of Fisher's idea of like hauntology that like our our culture is kind of in a uh, a place of like decline, inability to imagine something new or beyond itself. That it's just going back to old forms of rebellion or whatever, which also perfectly reflects Michael Caine's character, who is the the like stereotype of the old guy hippie. You know, the the guy who was a hippie in the seventies, and now he's just like a weed smoking. Uh, I think Zizek in like some interview about the movie describes him as like this crass, the crass old man with the long hair and, you know, who's, who's, um, you know, representing the values of like
0: this different era still. And like a political cartoonist and like, Mm -hmm. you can like, like the glimpses that you get of his political cartoons, which apparently won awards are like the dumbest shit you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) They
1: are political cartoons.
0: Like yeah, okay.
1: Are. Like the thing is that like uh, I was definitely in that scene, especially I was struck by how much of an Iraq War movie this is, like how much of a War on Terror oh, era movie yeah. this is. Oh yeah, and that's the thing that's fascinating to me about it is that it's set in even the future to us now, but it feels so. Uh, in that way, it feels I don't want to say dated because it's not in a bad way, but it definitely feels of its time in that way, where you're like. Mm -hmm. damn it truly is 2006 dude like although we are we are in bush
2: even then that's kind of another aspect of the movie i really like is because i think it was it was imagining forward from the logic of what like the bush era was onward and so even then amongst his relics is opposition to the iraq war you know like badges like the same as like end the vietnam war there's end iraq or whatever
0: yeah and also like have we really escaped the bush era
2: well, I mean, no. I
0: mean, really? I
1: think that it's the kind of thing. It's the ontological thing, right? Of that we go forward and then we go back and then we go forward and then we go back. I think that it's, you know, we had kind of a nine twelve moment when Russia invaded Ukraine and there was all of a sudden this sort of uh, secondarily placed, na- uh, sorry, um, sublimated nationalism rather placed mm-hmm. on, on Ukraine and like having like little Ukrainian girls sing at uh, like Mets games and stuff like that. Sure, like yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this this frenetic uh, uh, obsession with this specific con- conflict. And then again uh, after October mm-hmm. 7th with uh, the Hamas Palestine. attack on Israel. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the uh, response to that um, and each, each time I want to say it's not the same thing it's but it it, it it's that it, each time it's it, it
2: it to quote George Lucas, it rhymes. You know what I'm saying? it's well, it's the same it's, type there, of there's thing. a there's a nine eleven script that we all have, you know? Yes, there's exactly.
1: Like, we just yeah. keep remaking it over and over again in different this, locations.
2: This is so a different different mention, but there's a uh, one of one of my favorite like active uh DIY like emo bands, home is where has this song called Everyday Feels Like Nine Eleven. And mm-hmm. I think about that line all the fucking time because <laughs> it, there is nothing that captures what it feels like to be just s- atrocity footage on my Twitter every day. Just like mm-hmm. the kind of background noise of constant carnage that it feels like the last few decades is as opposed uh, other than just every day feels like nine eleven again and again and again. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I mean, that's like, uh, I mean, I would say for better in this country, but that's like, you know uh, what the availability of, footage of brutality <clears throat> has gotten us um you know as far as like protesting the police and stuff but like yeah man it does like kind of feels like shit mm-hmm. well is time. it that
1: is, is it that every day is 911 now or was every day 911 forever and and there's, there's a
2: degree yeah, that's, that's also true that's yeah, yeah. like
0: that's that's what i'm saying is we've 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 <laughs> got the availability of the footage now and we can see it and like we can't like it's harder to ignore right yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so some some people do still successfully ignore it and on in some sense i envy them mm-hmm. um because i would l- like to feel better about the place i live in
1: well i mean we're all ignoring something just because there is literally not enough hours in the day to understand every relevant conflict in detail it's it's, even if you wanted to you're always gonna have you know that's what always bothers me so much about like it's a very stock answer right if you're talking about one con like like a very hack social media thing to do is somebody is posting over and over again about Whatever their conflict that they know a lot about is, whether it's uh, uh, the Russia-Ukraine war or whether it's uh, Israel and Palestine or whether it's Azerbaijan and Armenia, and then the the epic smart guy will come in and say, "Hmm, curious. I didn't see you saying anything when this conflict, other conflict, was happening." And it's like, oh, well, you, you live in you a society; literally... yet
0: you participated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just like you literally can't. Like, it, like you're like it's it's not even that like. Oh, some people are able to look away and I'm not. It's that, like, even if you don't want to look away, you have to because your eyes can only point in one direction at once. Yeah.
2: You know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? You're not omnipresent. You're, 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 exactly. Um, like,
1: you're, yeah, yeah. you're still, you're, your ignorance is guaranteed no matter what
3: you do. Which,
0: which right? I do think actually kind of wraps back into the plot because, so I Jasper, so yeah. Because, like, Jasper mm-hmm. and Theo are talking, and, like, Theo, we find out, had been, like, this big like activist type mm-hmm. and and had had been like a protester and had and had been like you know kind of a a big like lefty guy and but like man you can't keep your eye on everything all at once and like eventually life just grinds the shit out of you yeah you know Is, I, mean, we can I say this, this? later but you know
3: anyway
1: can i say can i say this he he the person he reminded me the this is maybe me being crazy he kept reminding me of van jones okay yeah of like like that like van jones is like an ex-marxist leninist who now like his job is that he just like goes on tv and is like look like damn biden's trying hard and then he cries (laughs) (laughs) with just like that black pill, like media personality where you're just like yeah, I used to be, like, insanely radical, and now I'm just like... Like, that's a whole archetype of people, right? Right, um, but but it's kind yeah. of like...
2: The, the movie is also dealing with this kind of lose-lose situation, because you either are Theo, and you're you're going to work, and life sucks, and you just become cynical about the background noise of carnage around you, or you're oh. Michael Caine, who is happier, but also is, is, is not going to change the world. He can't. Or you're, or you're Julian, and you get shot to fucking death.
0: That also. Or your Jasper's wife, whose name I cannot remember right now yes, yeah, yeah. is heavily implied is in a vegetative state because of government action.
2: Yeah. Yeah. From being tortured. Yeah. 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 It's like heavily implied.
0: Um, and, and like, the like and that's the other thing that could happen to you. It's like Jasper is over here growing his weed, tending to his wife who basically cannot do anything for herself, but who was a, like, big human rights campaigner and again like i said it's heavily implied that she was tortured to the point of being essentially comatose yeah or you're theo and you just say fuck it man i gotta make money to live because that's where we are
1: and in this film coron manages to do the impossible and imagine a society that's as evil as canada is right now where it
0: for where quietus? <laughs>
1: yeah. um
0: the... jesus christ man can't wait till phil hears this
1: <laughs> <laughs> um the uh yeah i mean that initially didn't i was like what like that's confusing me to make any sense to me but then actually i read the wikipedia summary for the book and they in the wikipedia summary for the book they pointed out that like no, dude, it's economics. Like, the older uh, your population is, like, the more strain is put on the working population or to sustain them. So, it actually mm-hmm. would be an optimal strategy to deliberately kill old people in order to keep the economy strong. Yeah, and commit suicide. Yeah, yeah, like, and, yeah, and, and the suicide. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
1: And, and once I realized that, I was like, oh, fuck, like, that's another level. Okay, so this is the kind of interesting thing about it is that, like, I can totally see why Fisher grabbed to this film because in general, beyond even the idea of sort of the impotence being metaphorical and about a a societal uh, impotence, right? Or creative impotence in a very broad sense. It it also is about this thing that's going on throughout capitalist realism, which is this um, critique of uh, uh, his advisor Land's uh, thoughts, which then later... um, coagulate into right-wing accelerationism of that this i he's criticizing the idea throughout the the book is criticizing the idea that capitalism is fast and efficient and is pointing out all the ways that that is untrue and it's amazing that like like this film is all about all of those ways that it's like well the because of the fact that we're in a capitalist uh, economy now it's like well the logic of the market means that we need to pressure old people into killing themselves. So much of this film, hey, there is a solid like ten minutes of this film that are based around bureaucratically getting the correct papers in order to move from one location to
0: the next location. Like it's it's, it's pure fiction <laughs> Like like it's it's like a good chunk because like that's what it's it a takes, good chunk of like, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Wait, does he so wait? Does he get kidnapped after this? Yes. So then. So
2: yeah. This is where yeah. Back into town.
0: Yeah, he comes back into town, and when he comes back into town, that's when the fishes get him.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. So the fishes are a radical uh, pro-immigration, you know, defending the refugees, um, you know, militant group that I don't know. It feels kind of like IRA coded. (laughs) a yeah. little bit or something. They're interesting. Um yeah. they're a little yeah. arch if I'm
1: going to be real.
0: They're like slightly no, arch. okay, so like Fishes is um at least in the book um it's 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 a little bit sublimated in this, but you can catch it from the name uh from from Luke's name. Um it's it's specifically mm, fish, a reference literally. to um like the Sermon on the Mount and the, like, you know, Jesus doing the fishes and shit you know, like yeah. distributing yeah. aid to people who need aid. And then in the book, um, the like principal members of the fishes are named after the gospel writers, regardless of gender, they are referred to after the names of the gospel writers. Oh, okay. um, so Luke is one of them. It, it, the movie kind of messes with that a little bit. Cause Julian is obviously not like one of the gospel writers um, mm-hmm. at least at least, if this is my memory of the book being correct,
2: that, but that sounds right, yeah. yeah but it's
0: like the name of the group is meant to be a biblical illusion. Um, they are they are essentially well, I mean, they're end time zealots. Mm-hmm. You know, they are they're end time zealots, and honestly, the original Christians were kind of end time zealots.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and how could you not be an end times person in this movie, in this context? And also yeah. if, if the metaphor does stretch to our reality with this movie, it also yeah. is, it speaks to, well, why, why is almost everyone got an end times mentality now? It feels like, you know what I mean? Like why, why are there increasingly millenarian movements springing up? If it, it seems, you know, why are there? Uh, QAnon kind of end times conspiracies happening all the time
1: okay can, can I get into th- this actually tees right up I looked into uh, I mentioned it earlier but I, I I read I wanted to kind of look into sort of uh, conservative responses to the film and mm-hmm. so uh I looked at who is both ironically and unironically my favorite Christian film critic Armand White Um, (laughs) uh, Ironically some would say Uh, And one of the things that he said I I thought was pretty interesting Now because it's Armand White A lot of it is him like very bizarrely Like being like this isn't as good as Bonfire of the Vanities
2: He literally says that Like just like weird (laughs) shit where you're like what? I don't even know what you're talking about It's needlessly just yeah It's needlessly contrarian So be aware of that
1: Referential
0: Like, okay, but Okay, but like, why does that matter?
1: <laughs> but here's the, here's the uh, section that I think is interesting. He says, The political antipathy of Iraq war protesters and war on terror skeptics is what drives this pretentious action flick. It panders to a decadent yearning for apocalypse as if to confirm recent fear and resentment about loss of political power. V for Vendetta's mistake was not recognizing that a sense of self-righteous self-annihilation was the new mood. And Quaron, a true hack, is nothing if not market-savvy.
2: Fuck <laughs> Harvard <laughs> <laughs> White, man.
1: Now, brutally harsh review, but the phrase decadent yearning for apocalypse I think is like an interesting line of criticism for the movie, mm. right? That it, it, that he sort he says uh, elsewhere in the, r- the review that he views it as a liberal response to the west going like right after uh like the 2000 election and the 9 11 terror attacks Mm -hmm. and to sort of conflate that feeling of impotence with like a literal impotence and with the end of the world
2: and see and, and i think i think um like my my response to that is what i think that he is correctly getting is the way that i think a lot of critics at the time saw this movie a lot of the liberal critics that you know it was a beloved movie among like liberal critics but it wasn't it, it it's kind of cult following or whatever has been a much more slow process of it being kind of considered a modern classic or whatever right and i i don't see i don't see this movie as just being like oh this is what this is you know the the death wish of like the the liberal impulse you know oh this is what happens when the the democrats and labor are no longer in power oh no mm-hmm. i don't think that's the message but i absolutely believe that that is the message that there were that that i i do think a lot of the liberal critics probably took away from the movie but it's a lot more than that and i mean Kiran was like driving himself crazy reading zizek i'm just while gonna breaking that up. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> so like i i highly doubt he's ha- he's 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 making the movie with that liberal mindset in
0: mind, but
1: Edwards lost. Like, I don't think he's thinking that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go to Chris. Yeah. I like, I don't, this is not a yearning for apocalypse. It's Mm -hmm. this. I, I mean, I can, I, I can see. Okay. I, I can see how you could, um, I could see how, if you were of the sense that like, like if you were a liberal, Right. And you were like, man, it would super be great if all of this crap happened or whatever. But like mm-hmm. and like the world just broke down and human beings weren't here anymore, because at least that would mean that conservatives weren't in charge. But that is not <laughs> that is not the way that I read this movie. I genuinely I mean we've already kind of talked about it a little bit. I mm-hmm. for all that this movie is like an like and we're gonna get to it, but like it's an advent story. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a messiah it's a story, story,
0: but it is also very Old Testament prophetic, and not in the mm-hmm. sense of like telling the future, but like spelling out the ways in which you are fucking up right now. Like, hey, <laughs> there are no kids because you're fucking killing them. Mm-hmm. You're killing yeah. the kids, right? Yeah, like I, you, I, you you want this? You want the human race to continue? Well, great. Give give kids health education and stop fucking killing them. Right? Give, mm-hmm. give kids health care. Give parents, you know, a proper safety net. Do all of these other things. This movie is like prophetic in like in like an Abrahamic sense. Right? Mm-hmm. Like in a in a in a full like like uh, Isaiah sense, like giant beard wild in the wilderness, shaking your fist at God's sense. Like yeah this movie like getting getting the like, you guys are doing this right now. And I am loving it in your face.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, I mean, and I mean, and I think it's, I think like Kiran was mostly thinking of this as a climate change movie when he was mm-hmm. making it. Um, and so yeah that's a very real sense where it's you know it's not just that yeah the democrats <laughs> lost it's that the world's about to be on fire yeah.
1: you do <laughs> you want to get into this josiah about how this is just like actually the most accurate depiction of what britain specifically will be like during climate change like
2: democracy. yeah i mean basically yeah <laughs> yeah yeah basically and uh yeah yeah or right, go ahead
0: chris i'm sorry just piggybacking off what the alien just said. <laughs> There was literally just a like climate forecast thing that came out, and the UK is gonna be the best place to live in all I of know. Europe.
2: I know. Britain soldiers on.
0: Britain soldiers <laughs> on. I yo, I have hate absolutely that Absolutely no idea. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Those- how badly all of those gamins are going to react to all of those people wanting to come to a place that's nice to exactly, live. Exactly, exactly.
2: And so yeah, that's right. why this is a movie that just continues to be present is because I think the big issues of our time are like climate change and immigration. Yeah, you know, like right. Those are like going to be some of the most defining aspects of, of, of the 21st century. And this movie just happened right. to really have its finger on the pulse of that. And I think it was right. also through a lot of thought experiment type stuff so moving through the plot here real quick Mm -hmm. the fishes kidnap theo and uh, julianne moore's character julian is Mm -hmm. um is is theo's former uh former wife lover it's not really quite spelled out uh they had a kid together the kid died and then they they eventually split up um and during the scene that you know he gets kidnapped and the walls are lined with newspapers um, in this, like, you know, kind of interrogation room or whatever he's in. Right. And the set design for this was fucking wild because I, I didn't know this, that to do that, those are, they wrote all those newspapers, no all shit. those articles, all those headlines. And the set design team had to sit down with the, like the philosophy Kiran was approaching with this, the politics he's had and talking with a lot of consultants make up what they thought the next 20 years was going to look like (laughs) that's dope right it is and it's also it also is the the horror that alien was talking about it comes out in the scene really well too because you can just see something like seattle destroyed by nuke Mm
0: -hmm. and you just like know
2: that you don't you know no context no reason i just know that what led to that who knows what led to that (laughs) and the set designers do know which is wild (laughs) (laughs) so this is what i mean by like the set is uh telling a story throughout it you know yeah um, there's
0: just like in every every single frame of this movie is just so meticulously done and i think there's ways that you can like kind of critique like a little bit of his like like hyper preciousness around certain things um and like certain set pieces and whatever um But like, man, I just the the way that he approached the like very lived in nature of everything that was happening in this movie is Mm -hmm. I I think I I mean, I don't it feels it feels near insurpassable. Like the movie feels like an incredibly lived in movie. Absolutely. It's yeah, 100%. like it's, it's like you're walking into a real thing. Like, I mean, I, I just, I, everything, the cars look beat up, their clothes look tattered, but like tattered in a way that like, you're still trying to look nice
2: yeah but it's also like, like that they were intentionally trying to make everything look like if culture stopped in like 2006 when they were making that <laughs> and mm-hmm. so just yeah. try to take all that's new then make it look as old and beat up and shitty as possible to yeah. give it this feeling right. like something happened right in 2006 and nothing has happened since
0: in a yeah. sense you know what i mean um, culturally but I mean, yeah i you right. in the interrogation <laughs> and then <laughs> There aren't very many like genuinely funny bits, but when they do the interrogation, and then he and Julian talk, and she gives him the offer, and whatever, and then they're dropping him off, and we'll be watching you all the time. Jeez, your breath stinks. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a good. That's a good interaction. <laughs> they send so they
0: send he him on hurry a. hurry on him like you can see him go, like it's uh, like be
2: like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does my breath? Stink? <laughs> so um what they've asked him to do though is get they send him on a
1: they send him on a fetch quest to go to to do an escort mission
0: yeah
2: basically right exactly it's it is that he needs paperwork (laughs) to get um this migrant girl we don't know anything about her yet uh get her through um customs or whatever and hopefully Uh, it's, it's very simple request and he's like a bureaucrat now, so he could do it. So he goes, he talks to, um, is it his cousin? I don't remember who it is. This is one of the most iconic scenes in the movie as well. This is the one that, uh, Fisher also references Mm -hmm. in capitalist realism. Yep. Cause yes. So he, he visits his, his cousin is he's, he's rich, uh, rich guy. Who's just been collecting art. Well,
0: so his cousin is technically like like he's a government minister. So he's like, right, yeah, right. he's rich. He's not just collecting art. He is the minister of the Ark of the arts. So basically it's a government ministry that goes around the world, like grabbing as much shit as possible to try to save it. Yeah. But like, Hey, what does that fucking sound like?
2: With the British well, museum? <laughs> it is the British museum right. And it's also like the, the beauty of the scene is the sense of like seeing the violence that ripping something out of its context does to the art,
0: you know, like right? the
2: art doesn't mean anything anymore. They're having dinner, chatting about business in front of <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Michael, like, like, like David is there and, it and, and you, like you just said, it's ripped out of context. David doesn't have a shin
1: <laughs> right
0: like one of Debbie's, one of like the statue of, of of david's shins is gone
2: right it's just it's yeah it's been ripped and, out of context and there's just a sense that like yeah what does what this art matter and then of course the most important like line in that is when when he confronts his cousin about this like how do you feel about all this art no one's going to see this in, you know like 20 years 100 years whatever he goes yeah. i try not to think about it Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which which I don't know borders on. You mentioned like some of the only funny funny lines in this. It's really not a funny line, but it is really dryly funny. And it's, still, it's just like, real. I don't know. It's just like what you it's... would actually
1: like. I think of what I would do in this scenario. And in reality, like if I'm being very charitable to my to myself, I'd be like, "Yo, I'd be a fish or something." But in reality, I'd probably just be like, "Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to go to pre de manger. Like I've heard they've got a, like a new egg funnel. Like it's pretty, you know." <laughs> whatever
2: like you know what i mean like that's like that would be what everybody yeah we'd all like. just be g- going to our shitty jobs or if we're Are lucky you, enough to be retired you know yeah. go and fucking smoke pot until the i, I do ends. i mean i i do want to make a break my, my, about that my thing, zomb-
0: uh. like if if there's ever an actual zombie apocalypse strategy my my uh or if there's ever an actual zombie apocalypse, my strategy is just immediate suicide. I have no skills, and I'm not going to eat people. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: like,
0: I'm, not, I'm not being one of those, so just immediate, get it done with. <laughs> like, I'm not hanging around.
1: <laughs> Can I make a comment about that scene? Go That I don't think yeah. uh, you guys commented on. You know that guy's son?
0: Oh, yeah. The, yeah.
1: Uh, your cousin's oh, yeah. son? It's like the weird... Yeah, he has the weird... Uh, typing thing, playing like video games with his fingers. Fingers, yeah. That kid sucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would like to hear more about this. Nah, it just blows. Like he's just like he's like a shitty kid, and he's also like twenty. So he's like two. It's like what? You're not. You're under eight. You're over eighteen. You're like way too old <laughs> to be acting this way, man. There's no one on Earth left who can be playing video games at the table. Like,
2: fuck off. You suck. (laughs) Thank thank you for that, alien. I think you're right. Uh...
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I
2: have
0: have literally always. viewed that particular character because he has no lines it's just alex it's um it's Theo's i love that character son. i have always viewed that particular character in that like um uh in that scene essentially as a victim um this is uh, I, like to me and and so i i like i like pity I've always pitied that character every time I've watched the movie because what it seems to me, because, because um, Theo's cousin tells Alex, take your medicine, Alex, take your medicine. And he's like Mm -hmm. resisting his dad. And then he yells at him and then he takes his medicine very sullenly, you know?
3: Mm -hmm. And so
0: what is going on? Well, but like the way that I have always interpreted that scene is that, What's happening here is that Theo's cousin is terrified that his son is going to die of like literally anything.
1: Oh, and, interesting. Oh, that's uh, an
3: interesting and,
1: remember, and, and,
0: and 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 has kept that and has kept him cloistered and has kept him drugged the fuck up so that he can't yeah. do anything dangerous so that he can't die. And so now this now this kid is stuck In this mansion full of priceless art, (laughs) the only thing he can do is like twiddle around with a Rubik's cube with his fingers. Like like, to me, that like to me that character who has absolutely no lines is intensely pitiable because it represents (gasps) it represents like. The fear of 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 losing the future of like parents mm-hmm. being terrified that their kid is gonna die and being willing to make that kid's life terrible in order oh, to man. ensure that it doesn't die. Like it doesn't seem yeah, like right. It is so pale. It doesn't seem like that kid has yeah. ever been outside. That's ex- ex- an interesting risk. Reading. Ever.
2: I I is love it, how the, the we got two different. D- drastically different readings well,
1: no, I mean, same- <laughs> no, 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 I think that's an interesting reading I hadn't thought of it that way like the way I thought of it was I guess maybe what it like is structurally in the script of that it felt sort of in reference to like you go over a relative's house you haven't met in a long time and there's like a ton of tension and it's like all right, something really weird's going on, but I'm not invested enough in these people to actually untangle what it is. So, like, I'm just going to shut the fuck up.
0: Like... Yeah, I mean, it, it could also be that, but, like, I just, like, the way that I have always approached that was just, like, that is, a, that is like, a yeah. child un- who yeah. has always been under the thumb of a domineering parent who is terrified to lose it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. interesting, huh? And is just, like, drugged into oblivion.
2: Mm-hmm. So real quick. We should probably move faster. Yeah.
0: yeah let's go.
2: Um, so let's, let's like do it a little more rapidly. And then I think there'll be still plenty to talk about, but um, he gets the real, these papers. He so, yeah. So yeah, he talks to his cousin, he gets the papers. Um, but the exception, the, the only thing about the papers is he is going to have to be with whoever uh, has the papers. So mm-hmm. he is now going to have to uh, travel with this migrant girl.
0: Yes. And this is where Theo becomes the fly in the ointment for the rest of the plot. Yeah. And this is where Theo becomes Joseph.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. In the nativity scene. Yes, because um well, okay, so then of course they are they're uh, driving in the what? It, it, how does this happen? So uh he, so they he ends up driving with the migrant uh girl and then the the fishes and Julianne Moore. Um it's a very this is this is the scene we talked about at the very beginning. This is one of the most um, I think iconic scenes of this whole movie because it's a long, like what, like four minute shot. Yeah. You know, that's, that's set and it starts in a car and it leaves the car and it's, it's, it's just wild, but it starts out as a really um, warm moment where you, you're mm-hmm. seeing these characters. You're seeing Theo interacting with Julianne and like this little, this sense that like, Oh, like a, an old romance kind of rekindling mm-hmm. whatever. You see that kind of uh, building um, and, you know, everyone kind of laughing and enjoying it. And then, yeah, flaming car gets pushed onto the road to stop them from driving. They break a bunch, a huge gang comes out um, and they shoot Julianne Moore's character. And then it, the, the camera is following the, 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 the then the camera is.
1: <laughs> Chris I, is making a video game playing.
3: This the
2: yes. Yes. <laughs> Cause then of course, then you suddenly have backing up and backing up. And so they're driving the car in reverse and it's, it's wild. It's great action. It's a great action scene. It's amazing. yeah, it um, really And so they, they get back to uh, like a, it's kind of rural house that the fishes are using. Um, and this is where we kind of find out what's going on here. And i I'm pushing through without going through beat by beat, how this happens. We, we understand that the migrant girl is pregnant um and she, that makes her the only pregnant person in the world like this is this is an impossible uh child in immaculate conception some might say it's christmas everybody and <laughs> and uh also that uh the fishes set up julianne moore's character getting killed um and that this was this was done as a power grab. The fishes want to use the baby for political purposes as the my uh you know, she she wants to escape and go to the the human project. Yep. Um yeah. which is going to be, you know, this is this is kind of represents the future in a lot of ways. I don't know. Yep. The the human project. Uh,
0: the um, the idea of the human project is like the weakest um conceptual yes. point of the movie. Cause it's like these scientists on the ocean mm-hmm. who are going to do good things. And it's like, man, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, well, they, they, yeah. they are. They are...
1: <laughs> yeah. You see, it's like a little, the literal plot is probably the weakest stuff of that. Like the trying to explain how this all makes sense. Is like yeah. the hardest stuff in the movie. I, like, I like, think so. What works it the makes... most is just thinking about it and, 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 you know, internalizing the messaging and the, un, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, because the thing is the human project doesn't like, it, it that makes is, sense. But, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. No, it's the religious, it's the religious impulse of the book coming through though. What it's because, because the, the, the human project is just an eschatological thing in a sense. Like it represents. Yeah the next the revelation the apocalypse the new moment the you know like the, the unveiling end, the unveiling and like yeah in that <laughs> sense of apocalyptic right um it just represents the next thing the boat is literally called the tomorrow mm-hmm. you know it's it's was corny. <laughs> you don't like that i like that <laughs> I, like I think it. it's great
0: personally
2: <laughs> i i do understand it's pretty didactic
0: but i uh <laughs> um sorry just additional tiny thing that like i do think is kind of important and also ties into um like theo as joseph is like every time you see uh an animal interact with theo they fucking love him so like
2: yeah that's
0: a little thing yeah so like when when he when he when they first get to like the compound of the fishes, there's a little kitten that tries to climb up his, his pants. Oh, and, and there's, there's the of, dogs.
2: There's the dogs there too, that the they say they hate are, everyone, but for some reason, the they like
0: everyone, and they never make a noise for Theo because yeah. they like him. They just instinctively like him. Every time Theo encounters an animal, the animal is nice to him. And it's like, Hey, you're cool. Every time in the entire movie, yeah. It, it, I, it's it's a really nice detail I mean I don't really know how much it adds like textually to it but it's just something like with repeated watches you start to notice like oh man animals never freak out around him they're just always like hey that's my dude
1: maybe this is beyond the scope of the the movie but uh, and this is possibly just me being insane and reading things that aren't into it Did it, did anyone else read something like vaguely sinister into the human project like the no, fact that they're like this, I, I, this, this I, I NGO didn't. that is like not attached to it. Like they're they're basically like seasteaders.
2: <laughs> if I take it literally, then I agree with you. But in the context mm-hmm. of the movie, I don't, I don't, I, that's not in my mind right. usually. And the
1: film doesn't seem to see the film doesn't seem to see
0: that as the case. Yeah. No, that's no. kind of what I was shading at. Um, like a little bit earlier Where it's like, it's a bunch of scientists on the sea, and we're supposed to trust them. <laughs> But it's a gulch, gulch, basically. <laughs> but, they, well, they made
2: me think of the Institute in Fallout but, Four. But it, it does <laughs>
0: the, the 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 text of the film does seem to shade enough that they're both like kind of mythical, and people don't really think they exist. And also yeah. that there is enough evidence of their existence that people believe that they are good.
2: So there's this um that there's makes this, sense, uh, you know. Yeah, no, I, I actually absolutely know what you mean. And it's, I think that's part of why I really, wh- one of the things I, that I like about this movie, even though I agree that like on a literal level, that's probably one of the weakest points, but it's the mythological nature of the human project before it pays off that it's real, that, that sticks with me. So there's this, there's this is Polish uh, post-apocalypse movie I highly recommend called obi oba The End of Civilization. And it's like all sent in this, like a uh, bunker underground the whole time. And, um, those who are in charge have made up that there's going to be a ship that like comes and saves them one day. So everybody believes that this arc is going to arrive, but everyone at the tops know they made that up and nuclear apocalypse outside they're They're everyone's going to die in here, but we're just going to all believe that it's going to happen. And then at the end of the movie, the spaceship, they made up arrives.
1: Oh, uh, dude, and I Damn, love that that's... so much. <laughs> that shit is so hyperstitional i know (laughs) damn we are getting back to ccru this is ccru headquarters well that's
2: that's because you're here we can't not talk about that stuff but but um no and that's kind of how the human project to me feels in this too where it's more about you don't really you're like this isn't true hope isn't possible there isn't a group of benevolent people out there doing any good and then it's like no yeah it's happening Actually, the new world is coming. Mm. It will mm. exist, and I—that's the affirmation of the movie that I really like—is that that hope in the face of hopelessness. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway.
0: Anyway, sure. we find out that uh, the human project bad. Theo goes and talks to Key, and uh, oh, the fishes.
2: The fishes are bad. Fishes
0: bad. The yeah. human project, project good. Human project good. Human project good. <laughs> Fish, is bad. Fish is bad. Human project good. Theo goes to talk to key and why am I blanking on the name of the nurse?
2: Oh, Oh, with the, with the, the yeah. Yeah. The bad haircut. Uh, what's her name? She's awesome.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Anyway.
3: Yeah.
1: They escape. One of the more, one of the more dated aspects of the movie is the hair. There would never be a far left organization. Now that let a white person have dreads,
0: (laughs) (laughs) man, dude, that was sus. Even then, (laughs) <laughs> oh know, man I was, a, I was a child i don't know I, well no i'm i'm just saying like even then i was like i don't trust white us. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> that's not what you're supposed to like that's not what your hair does i'm sorry like, you're I don't know, man. maybe i'm yeah maybe that, i'm, I'm trying to find like, uh... maybe that's like my inner conservative scold or something i don't know but... <laughs> I am just like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't wear your hair like that.
2: <laughs> I think it's, is it Miriam? Is that the name? Mary, of yes, okay, name? there we
0: go. Wait, hold on. And that's obviously also uh, a, ref- that's also a biblical reference.
2: That's another nativity thing. Yeah. Yep.
0: Or, or Jesus thing. Yeah. Mary's, um, uh, Mary's uh, sister. Well,
2: and also, I mean, if you want to talk about beating over the head with the nativity thing, the scene where she reveals that she's pregnant to Theo is in a barn. Dad, <laughs> what you wanted to talk about? What? Cows and titties. It rules. Uh <laughs> Yes! <laughs>
1: now that rules like i kind of like how on the nose a lot of it is. i like,
2: do that, too that really is fine like, <laughs> yeah no i i, I really I mean like so. the, the, no although I, yeah yeah it's, it's not subtle at all but yeah so they escape this this uh this this farmhouse um and get chased out for another one of the best sequences in this movie most of the, the two two of the best sequences in this movie have cars um and it's them trying to escape while getting chased and they can't get the car going so they're like pushing it down a hill it's such a stressful scene. Uh, yeah, so and
0: because like, cause they they get out of the gate, and they're like, Vroomk! shit. Yeah. He's got to get out and push it. Oh. And he's barefoot. Really <laughs> he's great. barefoot, yeah. which then comes, like, that, like, pays off later, because, like, he wears sandals for the rest of the movie. He's either barefoot or is wearing sandals for the rest of the movie, and it, like, pays off in a huge way later. I mean, it's just, man
2: great so many good details i know um so so they what how does this play out so they return back to uh michael kane's character uh jasper uh back to his home uh they they have you know they spend the night there they plan to eventually try to meet up with the human project supposedly is going to have a boat up in i don't remember exactly where it's supposed to be but it, it's essentially in uh, I have no better way of putting it. An immigrant concentration camp is like where they have to go. Yep. Um, That that
1: that is an entire city. That is. That's that's another aspect. As we get to. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like like, Bexhill is a real place in the UK, in England, and it's it's a it's a city, and they like turned a city into a concentration camp.
1: Yeah, that shit is crazy. Yo, one of the most inspired. Aspects of the film is that you go to this concentration camp and that these people are just like freaking out and like starving and like trying to like get inside of like an abandoned and shit like that. It's like, oh, dude, like that's no, I crazy.
2: and it's so specifically British. I don't want to go too far yet, but I will say that the, that the scene in the concentration camp in Brexhill is the part that hit me the hardest this time round. And I will say,
1: yeah,
2: there is no, incredible. there is well, hit me the hardest because of current events. Yeah, it, it was, sucks. It like it like, like let's shit. let's put it like bluntly. You have a a because of a terrorist attack, the military is descending on this concentration camp and killing everyone inside of it while they're there. And yeah. uh, that's Gaza. I mean, I don't know if I need yeah. to spell that out, but it, I, the whole time I was watching this, this was a movie about Gaza, mm-hmm. you know, toward the end. But before we get there, um, Jasper, you know, the, the, the fishes show up at the house as they leave and kill Jasper.
0: Well, but okay. But so before that, like Jasper has like concocted this plan with a prison guard at Bexhill. Yeah, that's
2: right. That's right.
0: Who buys weed from Jasper. and <laughs> What a dope character. Then, And they're all gonna, like, they're all gonna go, and then the fishes come, and Jasper's like, okay, well, you guys have to get out of here. I'll stay behind. Then he gives his dog and his wife the suicide pills, and then Mm -hmm. he goes and gets executed. Um, First they shoot his hand off, and then they kill him. Mm -hmm. Um, And Theo has a, uh, Theo definitely has a, like, um, what is the point of all of this kind of moment? He like yells, I think at Miriam, cause Miriam's like mm-hmm. it's for the best or something like that.
2: While they were hanging out and having a nice thing, they had a conversation where she had said everything happens for a reason. And so later yes. on after Jasper gets shot, Theo yells at Miriam, you know, why did that happen?
0: Yeah. What's the reason? What's the reason? Yeah. Um, and he's, He's furious. Rightfully so, honestly. I mean, what the fuck, God? <laughs> yeah. Casper didn't do anything. Yeah. He was just growing weed, hanging out. He's
2: just he was just hanging out. Yeah, anyway. so from yeah. there
1: they go. Th- from there they go to an abandoned elementary school.
0: Uh, uh, another but, amazing scene. I love yeah. the symbolism of it. Cause you get Miriam. We find out that Miriam was um, like a, a natal unit nurse and she was one of the first people to start realizing that, that kids weren't being born anymore because they were like looking out for their pre books for, you know, OBGYN like consultants. And they were realizing like no one's coming in like there aren't babies anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you're just in this. Yeah, you're in this elementary school where there should be kids. And they just and there's just
2: uh and there's there's a deer wandering there's around. There's a deer inside. that
0: runs through.
2: And so is, sick. Yeah, it's oh. a
0: great scene. Shout out to that deer.
2: So, uh, at the elementary school is where the security guard for Brex Hill meets them. Who uh, Jasper is told he's supposed to say, um, "You're a fascist pig," to him, um, and that's how they know Jasper sent him. And so they come <laughs> in and say again. That. So Sid threatens them and pretends he doesn't know what's going on, and then he laughs. It's a he it's said, a,
0: "You're a fascist pig." <laughs> <laughs> would you I face? love that character. Mad Face. Yeah, the thing Do, is, you I remember I love, him from Train Spotting? Is he in Train Spotting? He, I didn't He's superior yeah. in Train Spotting.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No but uh wh- the thing is I like Sid so much that also him being such a piece of shit sucks yeah. when it he's so he's evil oh, what he's like, yeah. but uh, while we believe Sid uh, is good, he helps them by uh you know having them all pretend to be migrants that he's taking into into uh Brex Hill he,
0: he truly um, is a fascist uh, pig truly yeah.
2: is a fascist pig
0: yeah so, uh <laughs> they
2: they end up in the rubble of did you say it was a bank i couldn't quite tell what it was supposed to be but where, where's the rubble I, that they end up
1: i got the impression that it was meant to be a bank is that not true yeah so
2: just because it, it has that
1: specific i don't know what it's called but that's almost an awning that comes out that's like, yeah. yeah
2: it's it's yeah, it know know it destroyed move. it's a destroyed building building know, like, of some kind now, hold well, on before we go there i want to
1: comment really briefly that like the process of them going through being interred is so heinous there's like visual references to abu Ghraib and
0: and like a specific christ reference too like i mean yeah, it's obviously honestly right. like it's also you know? yeah it's also christ
1: crucified and the like this symbol of like literal just cages
0: out in the open like uh, uh, recurs throughout the film. And Miriam getting taken off the bus and then getting yeah. hooded and then having dogs sicked on her. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that shit is brutal. It's like, damn, dude, and that's the end of that character.
0: But yeah, so uh,
2: they they go into this this abandoned building or whatever, and at this this is where Key gives birth to uh, the baby. Um, oh, they also they meet up with a, a, Ro, a Romani woman in there as well.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that's interesting too is that once you get in there, it really is. I, I I expected it because I hadn't seen the film before. I expected it to be like Guantanamo Bay or something. But then you get in there and it really is more like Gaza where it's like there is like people are they go in and immediately people are running scams on them. They're Like, hey, buddy, you need a place to stay. Like, I know a perfect place. Like, people are just rushing up to them to, like, rip them off of, like, the little that they have. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's, it's, it's this I mean, ecosystem. It. It's this whole world. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like Gaza, but it's also explicitly referencing, like, the ghettos um, from Mm -hmm, World War II, which actually reminds me, way back in the beginning of the movie, in the same kind of scene that you're referencing with the... There's, like, the train's going by, and you can just see things getting thrown out of this tower block. Yeah. yeah, Like they did in the Holocaust.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you notice the piles of bags as they were going in? They are throwing the bags in piles? I was like oh, man, you know what you're doing. That's the thing that's really interesting about the film is that it uh, really it, like is collaging from history. Is that... Yes, uh, like, yeah, Like, sort of what you referenced, Josiah, that he was saying, like, I only want things that, like, have a referent. And it's just piling those onto you and sort of, like, really pushing your buttons of being like, well, maybe you're not emotionally attached to this thing, but I know one of these things is going to hit you where it fucking hurts. And, like mm-hmm. like, this is... The stakes of like, you know, if we read this thing about climate change, it's being like what like it is
2: like all of this shit, man. It's 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 the the Holocaust. uh, Yeah, it's the Mm -hmm. Holocaust, it's Gaza, it's it's the Bosnian genocide, it's you know, like Mm -hmm. it's all of these things. Right.
1: It's Belfast. I noticed some of that too, that there's some Northern Ireland stuff in there too. Right.
0: Uh, You people discourse me. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. I mean, that guy couldn't have been more like PSNI if he would tried to be.
1: <laughs> oh man, god damn. So yeah, now we go into like uh, she actually like uh, there's a scene of uh, her giving birth Jingles. to the baby,
2: to the and CGI baby, which is fucking wild, c- which,
1: which which looks excellent, and you know oh, it actually goes pretty well. It's like, damn, this actually like, wh- damn, we gave birth. Yeah, to that part goes well. Eighteen years. You're like, damn, we, damn, we did that shit.
2: And, and then, then immediately see, it's so, everything bad. In. Bad. And so they, they go to sleep the next morning. They wake up. Sid has found out that there's a, that they are wanted. And so he's decided to turn them in for the money. Yep. Um, And we also yep. find out that that overnight, the fishes have done a terrorist attack, blowing open the wall to yeah. uh, Brexhill.
0: Sorry, I just want to say also though, okay, so the fishes have come in, obviously they, they've come into Bexhill, but, but also I just, it's very telling again, not subtle, but like you do have to have some sort of like religious like acumen and like, you know, like ability to like understand what's going on here. Because so when Sid like convinces, like he's like talking to Key, like show me what you got, show me what you got. And he he and then he sees the baby and he goes Jesus Christ! Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on!
0: <laughs> right? but, but it's like okay, yeah. in on one sense, in one sense, <laughs> right, you it, that that's is cool. how you'd react.
3: You'd go, oh Jesus yeah. Christ!
0: That's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but also- I didn't catch that at all?
1: Yeah, that's cool. Did you, okay, so yeah, they go they go outside. The fucking security guard is being such an asshole, and and then is like immediately like I'm going to take this baby as like a bargaining chip, essentially. Uh, mm. uh, uh, action sequence comes pursuantly where uh Theo s- fucking slams his head in like a badass that looks sick without battery like,
0: it is incredible
2: <laughs> and I, this is the <laughs> beginning of um, like if we're talking we've talked about a bunch of like the iconic big scenes this whole sequence is my favorite in the entire movie it's the biggest it's, set piece by the way did you notice what what composition is playing because I recognized
1: it immediately what composition mm. is playing for the majority of that sequence. No. It's no. uh Christoph Brilliant. Penderecki's it's Christoph Penderecki's threnody for the Victims of Hiroshima.
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember that being on one of the special features. Mm-hmm. Um oh. I that. Mm-hmm. God, it's amazing. <laughs> no. Yeah, so it's I mean th- this is the <laughs> this thing. Is crazy? It's crazy. It's like a wild action scene, but it is also an action scene that has such emotion that i have such a hard time putting so it's descended into chaos you know that because the the military is descending on here and just killing everyone. And then you have the mm-hmm. fishes there. And then you have like what appears to just be a jihadist movement that had been, you know, building awesome. up I love out. Out in there. That, that's you know?
3: an awesome detail.
1: I love again, that shit. Again,
2: though, one of the things that made it really hard not to see this as Gossel while I was watching it, too, yeah, because it, it was we, all we that intriguing. Modest,
0: but also, they they have a martyr. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yeah, so they're
2: carrying a
0: dude, yeah.
2: That's right. Did I, it, I, did I, it? Oh my god. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. you, you have this and this is all shot. It's like one yeah. long, like five-minute take. <laughs> the the the, G,
1: the Jihadists coming in is another great thing that, like, yeah, it does over and over again in the movie. Where it'll just, like I referenced at the beginning, will referen- we'll just insert something as if it is known to the characters in the universe. Like, as if it's normal. And then you're just like, wait, what the fuck? They're like, I thought it was just the fishes. And they're like,
2: uh, kutvists? there's like yeah. fucking <laughs> Yeah, there's the whole thing and it, oh man and there's so many good like like that too like the it, early on in the movie you see the background like the doomsday various doomsday movements going on in the background and then one of yeah, the yeah. Like Actually, one of are the like
0: hey one of theo's ex-girlfriends is like one yeah, of those I was <laughs> gonna bring that up. now yeah <laughs>
2: yeah mentioning like you mentioned like the handful of funny scenes in it one of them is early on uh theo and jasper and theo's just talking about like yeah, one of his ex-girlfriends ended up, uh, you know, with one of these repentant movements and then another one ended up here. Oh, uh, modern dating now. <laughs> 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 it's so funny. Hell yeah. Um, but no, yeah, so you have just absolute chaos. And, you know, as they are up in, they end up up in another building. I threw so complicated- like up in a tower
0: block running from both the fishes and the army. Yes. Yeah,
2: and- pick,
1: but this is kind of a weird thing about, do you guys like the movie is like a little both sidesy with how it handles that conflict and kind of like because i'm like the military is just evil and so they really just have to do all this legwork to be like well if there was like resistance to this it would have to be evil because like we can't even like imagine actually opposing the government in a violent way Like we have to kind of immediately foreclose that
2: possibility maybe for for me I, I do. I see what you're saying. For me, like I, I saw it as like m- maybe both sides. But to me, the 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 military is the obvious bad guy. And then there's a yeah. lot of really imperfect revolutionary movements that you don't love them either. But obviously, if you're gonna have to pick a okay. side. You know, like that, yeah. that I which know, feel to feel me it. feels like a close, like like representing that closure of the future. Like all we have yeah. are either imperial power or like death cult, like response to it.
0: You know, what I mean? yeah, that's right. it. Those are the options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 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 I do I do I do think that that is a valid criticism because it the movie if you're not paying very close attention. Does make it seem like the fishes and the military, like if you're not paying close attention, it could seem like the fishes and the military are equally bad. Mm. Where like that's not true. It's just that uh, like the fishes like are bad like in a different way. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. right. Um. So so there like there's a point in all of this conflict where Key and Theo get separated, and mm-hmm. Key gets taken by the fishes, and oh, like the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and there's this moment where um, now – I've already mentioned Charlie Hunnam, that's the actor's name, is supposed to kill Theo once, like, Luke and the rest of the fishes are out of sight. Um, but then it gets like disrupted by an army group coming in, so then Theo has to like run, 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 and like try to find Key. And then that's how they end up in the tower block because Luke has taken Key up onto this tower block, right? Now, okay. the army is laying siege to, which is very reminiscent of the way that the Russians besieged chechnya oh wow like the way that they are assaulting that tower block is very reminiscent of like the like the balkan wars and and the like the wars in the caucasus in the Mm. 90s like that scene is like like this whole like set piece is very like balkans caucasus Fighting like that's yeah, right, what right. it's referencing. Like that's the reference. Obviously, it's also Gaza. Like that's that's that mm-hmm. like that's the thing that we're pulling now. But to me, like when, when they were raped, on, they probably had that on. Yeah, yeah. um I mean, they also were probably having Gaza on their mind as well. But like the yeah, images yeah. of tanks just like firing rounds into the bases of tower blocks is like that's fully Russia in Chechnya.
2: It, yeah, it, right. It's it. it you know, not not that there wasn't obviously violence in Israel Palestine at this time as well, but I, I think the the complete demolition of just like blocks of like urban space feels like something that's hitting us hard right now because you know that's 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 this moment in Israel Palestine. As I don't yeah. know if that would have been to, to my knowledge that moment quite. It's, it's still not, bad. It like was still bad. bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh. You know, things things weren't going great in Gaza in two thousand six, but um anyway uh so we yeah end up end up at this moment where theo's able to get uh key and the baby um and like you know sorry, away from Luke.
0: the moment where it happens
2: it's so seamless barely
0: L- like like the moment where he gets got did you catch it
2: no wait maybe where, where, where are you going with it like what did what happened
0: so it it took me like like There was, I was, I like, I watched this movie like three times before I realized the moment where Theo actually gets shot. Oh, right. Where is it? So it's, so Luke is, Theo has Key over here Uh. and is getting ready to take her. Luke is like holed up in a window, shooting down at the army. And then Theo moves to take Key and Luke moves, fires a couple of shots. And then he goes back down and shoots again and then luke gets blown up and theo and Key run and there's just it's it literally took me like three times watching the movie Mm -hmm. to see clive owen go just just like tiny flinch
1: like a little little shoulder movement just like a tiny little okay
0: like i watched this movie so many times i assumed so many times throughout the movie that like, he just like caught a stray yeah. while doing this whole thing. And like, but like, no, Luke shot him like there. It's, it's there. It's just, like,
2: so it's so quick. Okay. But it's
0: So fast. And it's like, it's actually the way people react to kind of getting winged, mm-hmm. which is like, it hits you. It doesn't like blow you back, mm-hmm. you know, like in like fucking John wick or something like that. You just kind of go. Piss. Ow. I yeah, got shot. Yeah. yeah. God, I'm bleeding a lot right now, <laughs> but I yeah. can still move, and he is like determined to keep going. But like yeah. neither of you, like like I said, it took me a lot. It took no, me no, I, really I didn't long. catch
2: that, so that's that's wild. And and it this is me- this is now we oh, are in what I would call my favorite sequence of the movie here. So um, so it's kind of yeah. why I, I miss that, but yeah, so we, we have yeah, Luke the yeah, explosion, and so yeah, now it's 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 key and the baby and Theo like running away. And Luke, before he dies, he makes a comment where he was just like, "I forgot what they looked like," about They're the baby. They're so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. and that guy's All the yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Luke. I just say,
0: uh, <laughs> but Mattel did deserve an award for this role.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, he did great. But um, so because of all this that's going on, of course, the baby is crying. Mm-hmm. And this is the scene that I I think of constantly with this movie, which is this this brutal war scene s- slowly dying out for a second because everyone's registering what the sound is, mm-hmm. and so like the the you know everyone in the block is like is just like stunned and letting them through, and they're descending down the staircase, and the soldiers are like dropping their weapons, are just stunned, and you know music's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, music's just, you know, coming in. But what makes the scene so good to me is that it, I think it it gets so close to being too sentimental, but doesn't cross the line. Because it doesn't last, to me anyway, doesn't last like, like the the war doesn't stop. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, the punchline of the scene that makes
2: it work is that it stops for just long enough for it to be like
1: a little like almost like a little bit corny and then immediately someone shoots a rocket
3: and start killing each
1: other yeah
2: and so because of that i think the the whiplash the cynical punchline of it yeah there's the cynicism (laughs) to it and because of that also though i think you don't so like you know i could see like if it lasts a little longer it becomes really corny but it's just being enough that it's almost corny for half a second comes off as sincerity to me like it comes off as like genuine and and yeah. like that's the thing is that that's the scene that guts me. Like I I have I have cried almost every time I've watched the movie at that scene, <laughs> and I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. Maybe it's just that I yeah. I don't know. I'm an anti-war hippie at heart or whatever. But just that only moment. One,
1: dude, only one movie makes me cry.
2: Well, if you see Spring Breakers, I'm gonna kill you.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm being sincere. I'm saying a oh, jokey voice. I'm being sincere. No, oh, okay. it's, it's it's a wonderful life.
2: Oh. Also, every time,
1: when, when they say uh, the Hark the, the, the Herald Angels sing at the end of it, I cry gross. literally every time.
2: It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favorite movies. Next year, that's our Christmas, special
0: Christmas show. building it alone!
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love It's a Wonderful Life. Um, cool. yeah, I like the Downer Christmas movies. I like Children of cool. Bed and It's a Wonderful Life.
3: Those <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. was- are so okay so how do they get to the boat how does this happen because this is basically the okay, final so they, meet and we'll see
0: up, they meet back up with um with that the roma uh person um and she is able to get them a boat that essentially like goes through a sewer so they like, like they're able to escape when yeah, the yeah. fighting restarts they're able to escape they get through this kind of like sewer aqueducty type thing and they get out and now they're now they're in the english channel and something that is very, very ominous that you see happen in this scene as as Theo is rowing them out to the buoy, Key is looking, and she goes, Theo, the buoy! And they're rowing and they're rowing, and you see jets fly over. Oh, yeah. And then a yeah. big explosion. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I didn't register. That Would that was just them destroying Brex Hill, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and presumably and killing,
1: even, killing oh, their off. own yeah presumably killing even their own personnel doing
0: so. yeah they might have nuked it yeah like it's, a, it's very big but you see these jets fly over and then they get to the buoy and it's like kind of around the time that the human project is supposed to be there and they're sitting and they're sitting and you think oh shit oh it's not real yeah and it- there's a version of
2: this movie that's like a like a Haneke movie or something uh-huh. where they just sit on the boat and then or, it ends.
0: Or it's like <laughs> brave of the fireflies, yeah um yeah, yeah. and but like and th- so like this is the moment where Key looks down and she sees blood in the bottom of the boat and and Theo holding his side. and he says he yeah. got me. and it like it took a while. and like that's what but I went, he got me. and I was like, Okay, Luke that shot. I have been Luke. So then I went back I and I right, was
2: just a stray too. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, it was like he got me, and so that's why that's why I went back and like I watched that scene like a bunch of times, and I finally like saw it. I'm like, oh shit! But so Theo has been shot, and he is dying, hmm. and he's going, and he kind of just finally like smiles and slumps over.
3: Yeah. The, the
1: refugee then, lady says that she's gonna name uh, his kid after his dead kid. Yep, Mm -hmm. she says. Mm -hmm. She says Dylan is a girl's name too.
0: Yep,
1: it's very sweet. I don't
0: know. Sorry, I just wanted to say that because I think it's no, it's it's it's, it's wonderful. And then, and then the and then the the movie holds. And again, it's it's like you were saying, Josiah. It could like 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 holding on a corny note potentially or whatever. But the movie holds there for a minute, and you kind of think, oh, they're gonna go to black. Yeah. And then yeah. this boat just kind of looms out of the horizon, and it's like sort of like what you were saying, where like it it, it kind of represents like a some sort of eschatological apocalyptic unveiling type situation. Like the first thing you see is this like luminous light shrouded in fog coming towards you that you can't like make the shape out of, and and then there's a boat, and there it is. Yeah.
1: It's a very, it's very liminal. I mean, it's in the sense that, like, I guess in a very literal sense, like the English Channel is is a liminal space. Yeah. Uh, But Hmm. it's it's very uh, between worldsy while that shit is going on. It's like it's good cinematography. It works good. Hmm.
0: So anyway, that's the plot. That's the movie.
2: That's the movie. Do we want to talk
1: about Lee Edelman's criticism of it? Let's yeah, cause that's like, it, it's a really esoteric reading, but we talked. it's a really esoteric reading, but we talked about yeah. bringing it up.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's hold it for a second here and then I want to do it. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think part of why the sentimentality in this movie works for me so well, like in the, both in the scene where the war stops and then also toward the end that hope ends up being real um, is that the movie doesn't feel safe the whole time. I think I'd yeah, be a lot right. more critical about those happy endings of the movie feel safe. But if you're watching this movie for the first time, like I was, I had no belief that there was a happy ending to this movie. You, you yeah, have no it, sense that this is about, this is going to have a happy ending.
0: You think these movie. people are going to die the entire fucking movie.
2: Yeah.
1: And, it, yeah. and it doesn't milk that ending either. It just gives us when it goes to the credits, it gives us that audio of like children laughing, like vaguely implying that this works out. But like, there's there again, there's another world that has like the most, like that has like an insanely corny ending where like it's hip to B square and then it's like uh now like all the kids are back and it's epic like every country is cool now and now it's awesome
2: (laughs) (laughs) no because i mean yeah that's so funny uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm
1: saying if you overdo like how well this is gonna turn out because at the end of it even the positive ending is still like all right we got one kid bro like there's only so
2: yeah you know like, what i mean it, yeah we it's have really no idea what this so is gonna far. look like yeah 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 do, do we want to move to leah edelman then maybe let's see. Sure, I know. It's a, bit of a weird. it's a bit of a weird reading but it's it's, it's interesting. it is yeah well you know what i'll, I'll give the last thing i'll say um because there, there's also that review i sent last uh, last week um that I, I i liked that review a lot um, in the new statesman yeah yeah um the new statesman at least it lays out kind of i think the consensus kind of weird movie well, well yeah
1: it, 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 well i don't know it gives equal time to mark fisher and ross do
2: yeah. There okay. I didn't love that, but, um, <laughs> uh, what I, Throw it up in my mouth. <laughs> But I will give it. Is is this uh, this this chunk here that I, I particularly liked, which is um, uh, beyond these parallels and prophecies lies the film's true disturbing force. It's philosophical iconoclasm. Kiran places the future of humanity in the body of an immigrant black woman, perhaps the most powerless, disenfranchised, stigmatized, and exploited individual in the modern great chain of being. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the the line from it that stuck out to me anyway, because I think that's mm-hmm. that's where this works as a nativity story as well. Like where, where it's, um, I mean, it, it, the whole movie is, is designed around a nativity story, but that's where I think it gets, it's like theological weight, even if you don't quite agree with or if you don't, you, you're you not a religious person. I think what it's, it's trying to do is point the fate of humanity, the hope of hand in human, the hope of humanity in the disenfranchised. And that's what I, I love about this movie.
0: Um, the, the powerless are actually the most important people,
2: and represent the future, whatever the future is. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think, I think that's interesting. Um, however, yeah, let's let's throw in some of the criticisms of this movie real quick. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, one of the most.
1: Also, in his review, in reference to that, um, Armand White referred to it as a white savior narrative.
2: <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Armand White.
0: <laughs> that's all. Let me get going.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. That's one criticism of the movie. Armand White has his I mean, all... mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean here's the thing. All it's all not like... not
1: there. Yeah, but, like, okay. Here's the thing. I joke around about liking Armand White. In reality, this is, like, a thing that he does where it's, like... Uh, okay, I actually hate the guy. Just kidding. Like, I, I think that it's, like, funny to bring up stuff that he that he says... And like, sometimes he actually like makes a good point, but it's he's, usually he's halfway to trying... a good
2: point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Like it, it, like when he makes a good point, it's usually just because he's being incredibly contrarian. It just so happens to be that the general consensus is wrong. Like it's almost by accident. And you know, both like, if you're going to read it that way, I, I do think that's like a pretty bad faith reading. And it's part of like a general thing he'll do where he'll try to like one up a thing that liberals like by implying like, well, actually, if you were like really aware of like, you know, uh, thoughts about race in cinema, then you would actually realize that this is crypto racist and that like a really, you know, good movie is something from 1963. <laughs> like that's like, that's what he always does. That's just a movie from like 1962 that he's like, is way better than this.
2: Right. Right. Um, well let's go to probably the harshest criticism I would say. Uh, like, well, because I, I, I think it has some, some weight and I, I don't know what to do with that, which is of course. Yeah. So, so capitalist yeah. realism by Mark Fisher starts with it. Another iconic to uh, five people, uh theoretical text that begins True. with the <laughs> discussion of children of men. Those people are uh, me alien. Now, Chris Barker and Keanu. Yeah, Hey Dari, <laughs> guests of the show. And then an
1: unknown fifth person. <laughs> and and then, an, yeah,
2: yeah. There's someone else, I'm sure. I only, you yeah, know, I, I, Elliot, I only know this because of Keanu. So shout out to Keanu, but Lee. Actually, Ailman, no, I found it, or, hold go on, ahead. whatever. I,
1: uh, no, I found it via, uh, actually, hold on. This is not even interesting to put in the podcast, but like, I found it because of research that me and, uh, Josh were doing about Ooh. nihil nihilism for some, for an aborted project that we were going to talk about political nihilism we found that there was a, <laughs> that sounds uh, like a fitting
2: we, conclusion to a political nihilism project. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, I mean, <laughs> but it was really just bumming us out too much. Like if you read this stuff all day, every day, it like starts to like ruin your brain. Yeah. So we're
2: going to talk like, about a ruin your brain criticism because yes, yeah, this, yeah. Lee Edelman, Lee Edelman's book, no future begins with, uh, with, with a discussion right. of children of men and uh, a, a less than positive portrayal of it. Do you want to kind of? I think, Aylin, you're probably the one who understands Leetelman the best out of us. But oh, I you're putting
1: think. it on the queer guy. That's what you do. Well, yeah. Also that because <laughs> if I criti- if
2: I criticize this, I feel bad.
1: <laughs> um, yeah sure i can describe it i won't be able to describe it as well as keanu but i can explain it um yeah yeah, yeah i mean keanu knows this better than i do because he underst- actually like understands like lacan
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> but, if, if, but if, if says, this is a basic understanding yeah. if you have other questions yeah. go to keanu
1: yeah <laughs> i didn't say go that, for that. Me, um but uh <laughs> no i mean well keanu says that he talked to lee edelman and lee Adelman said that you don't actually need to know anything about lacan to understand the central point of the book so okay shouts out um, yeah, basically, Lee Aylman uh, founded the school of thought called queer nihilism. Uh, he originally has his background in film, um, and before doing later work in queer studies, and uh, so in this book references a, a number of of films. He has like a very funny, resistant reading of um, a Christmas Carol, um, but <laughs> the, a I'm, not, I'm not even going to get I can't get into that man. But that one pisses me. Okay, off. okay so
0: basically That's a his, podcast that we need.
1: Yeah, yeah. Need uh, okay, so here. if I understand it correctly, his criticism is thus, is that all political projects um are premised on this like secret hidden ideology called reproductive futurism. He describes it in a couple of different ways, but like to like semi-over compress it, what it what it basically is 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 the idea that part of like part and parcel of what it means to be a society is to perpetuate that society through sexual reproduction Mm -hmm. and that uh an element of that is forestalling of desires like projecting them onto the future right like things are bad now but they'll be better for future generations like leave this planet better than how you found it kind of shit right You know, Mm. even the whole idea of like, you know, we're we're, like the idea of like we're we're pursuing for preserving it for future generations, even sort of phrasing like that is is Mm. is, uh, the language of reproductive futurism. And what Edelman contends is that this is uh, one of like this idea is necessary to have politics as such, because to have uh, a political view of what society should be, you, you are always assuming reproductive Futurism as part of that project. Yeah. Whether you are a conservative or a leftist or a liberal or or whatever. He's you know, it's a part of Marxism-Leninism, it's a part of fascism, it's a part of of, of every everything that, that was, can be described um, as populism,
2: political. Whatever.
1: So that me, what that means from his perspective is that queerness, people who deviate from this cultural uh plan, this necessity of politics to perpetuate uh, the the species and and project, project our own desires onto it that these people are uh, not just punished but uh, and, and are not just excluded in some societies but can never ever be fully integrated into any society is what he's saying that 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 queerness is uh, outside of politics it is against politics and uh, he he makes a, a comment that. Uh, that liberals in America naively believe that uh, uh, queer people can be brought into uh, the fold of American society through tolerance, whereas conservatives are far more, uh, far more realistic in understanding us us as a threat to civilization as such. Mm -hmm. And so what Edelman Edelman says about this with regard to the position of the queer is, like, well, what should the queer's attitude be, right, towards the world? And his answer uh, is to, is identification with the death drive, is to say mm-hmm. that uh, if politics is essentially, once we got, cut past all the bullshit, is that perpetuation of the race uh, through sexual reproduction, then the position of the queer should be to embrace this out outsider position this uh, uh position of nihilism of queer nihilism of saying like i i am literally outside all of this and you know i i, I what i what i want is is pure negation with no corresponding alternate political project right mm-hmm. and he he extends this as far to talking about um, abortion, for example, which he uses an example of this, is that he says, your two choices are pro-choice and pro-life. You can't be pro-abortion. I'm pro-abortion. <laughs> like... <laughs> it was like, I am for the end of this shit, motherfucker. And his criticism of
2: shit... <laughs> <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris uh, last week read, uh, I don't know if you finished it, but it read Chunks of No Future uh just to know what we were talking about. And he had texted me and just said, my mouth has been like open. Like my jaw has been on the floor for like an hour.
1: <laughs> Do you think I described it well, Chris? Is that your understanding of what he was saying? Okay, I
0: mean, yeah, yeah. Like you're like I was I was going through it going, fucking hey man, this dude's got a flamethrower.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it is like so bleak. And his criticism of children of men, essentially, is that uh, he's on the side of the impotence. And his, his, he's saying, like, the fact that the whole premise of the movie is there's no more children. It's we're, we're we're not going to have any more, right? It's all about impotence. He was saying that sort of the fact that the movie needs to end with this happy ending, uh, with, like, yes, like, oh, this is epic. Like, oh, reproductive futurism has been saved. Yes, babies are epic. I love them. Like that, it has to end with this. Like, essentially, shows the edge of like the imagination of the political. Like that, that it cannot, it cannot conceive of anything beyond continu- pure continuation of the human race uh, as a possibility. Right. Um, okay. Here's the thing. Look, since I'm the I, I'm the only queer guy here, right? Um, I totally don't agree with this thesis. <laughs>
0: so interestingly i was about to say that i do think that there is some like really interesting meat on the bone there in that like yeah there is like if 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 you're not gonna go full we're all fucking dead like there does have to be some sort of reproduction there right and so like if you're not willing to go like and believe me, again, like I said, I think about like, man, what if no more babies all the mm-hmm. time? Like, I think about because, like, I live, I live in a rainforest uh, mm-hmm. here in Chattanooga, and I just like think like, man, if nobody was here, how long would it take for the forest to like take, take over my apartment man. complex? Damn, that mm-hmm. shit is. Bad I long. think about that a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm you know I really really think about this a lot and so I do think that there is some meat on the bone of the critique of like yeah like you can't unless you're gonna embrace no actually we're fucked there has Mm -hmm. to be like a thing of hope and that does represent at least a little bit a dearth of imagination but please go ahead um uh alien uh continue sorry you were saying you don't you don't buy it
1: well, I mean, I, I understand it as a criticism of that movie in, in a very, um, if you're going up to that bell, you better ring it kind of a way, right? Mm-hmm. I, I understand that kind of line of, of thinking with regard to it. But, I mean, as far as Lee Edelman's philosophy, like, I don't personally subscribe to it. Like, I, I, I don't agree. I, I here, Let me put it this way. There are days when I feel like Lee Edelman. There, <laughs> there, are, there are days when I feel like Lee Edelman. When...
2: We talked about, when we talked about this in the past, the way you had put it was, it's not, you don't agree with them, but it's emotionally true. Yes, that's what I think, mm. is that, like, it feels true, but that, that doesn't mean that it necessarily,
1: like, is. And I think that the way that the queer community has responded in general, and maybe this is asking a different question than, and he is because he's sort of um, asking, if I'm interpreting it correctly, which I may not be, He, I believe he's asking sort of a normative question of what ought we do. And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of being descriptive here. So you, you know what I'm saying? It's a little bit apples and oranges, but I, but I think it, it'll help you understand my perspective. Um, if we look at the AIDS crisis and this period of time where the queer community was not just being given nothing they were given less than nothing actively under attack at a time when the government was was literally making the decision by choosing not to address hiv aids they were making the decision not that it was worth not not that it was worth killing queer people than to allow them to live no but they were deciding because they knew that cisgender heterosexuals would die from sexual contact through sharing needles through blood transfusions because they knew all of this they 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 weren't choosing that it was worth it for some queer people to die rather than live they were choosing that there are a certain number of straight people that is we are willing to kill in order to kill even more queer people was the choice that Reagan administration did right isn't mm. that bleak right I <laughs> like that sinister, right? And even that in that nihilistic of a circumstance it would have been obvious, it would have been totally easy to say fuck this government, you know fuck this whole world, you know and at this time you can't go to the communists because the Marxist-Leninists they're all homophobic at the time you know, uh, there's a pamphlet called uh, uh, Coming Out of the Red Closet." you can read if you want to know about that and it, there was no one. There was only themselves and, and and select few people who were willing to help. And what did they do? They fought for life. They fought for the continuation of the society. They fought for the civilization that was trying to kill them because they chose that over what they could have done. They could have rioted in the streets. They could have just walked around and just shot people. They could have said, I don't care about any of this. I'm going to burn the city down. But they didn't. They, they chose to take the, the maximal position of preserving life, not just of themselves, but of not just of people in their community, but
2: also that, but of people in the world. To people, try people, to people, the people part of the order that do not deserve it from the queer perspective. Yes. And yes. they did it anyway. And, and
1: they did it anyway. And what I would say to Lee Adelman is if we look back, on what happened and this counterfactual which do we prefer really in our hearts i i can't say that i wish it had gone differently i am i'm happy that people did everything that they could it makes me proud and yeah. if they had just reacted nihilistically in rebellion against this society that would have made me ashamed and i know that that's 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 an argument for motion as well but it's it's the truth of how I feel. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I can't agree. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I yeah. Well, and, I, 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 and also, uh, you know, from 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 what you were saying, um, you know, you know, f- f- fighting fighting for a culture of life. It's like okay, if you're if you're nihilistic, then like, okay, look, I'm like the most painfully straight person who's ever existed. Um, yeah. <laughs> So obviously not like an expert on this, but like <laughs> if you go maximally nihilistic, right? That means that queer culture ceases to exist.
1: Yes, and queer exactly. Is
0: actually, really cool.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And why like, would I, you give yeah. that up?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I I I agree with that also. Right. Of that, I mean, maybe he would feel something like, well, it's not reproductive futurism because so we're not reproducing, so that feels yeah, different. But it's like still we're, futurism. we're merely.
2: But it, there's still uh, a futurism.
1: Yeah, it still is kind of that. Damn, you're kind of right.
2: Because Kiana's gonna roast well, my Keanu No, I, mess I'm, with sure, me. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> is smarter than than me, and I know that this is me. Me too. He'll Probably, will <laughs> probably uh, dismantle this if he listens to this, but. We literally hope you don't, Keon <laughs> <laughs> But I you know, I, I would say like yeah, there there is a futurity because I, and I you know, and this is again an outsider perspective like Chris is saying, but I, I see that there is there is a tradition of queer people taking care of each other and older right. queer people taking care of younger queer people. And there is a sense of futurism built into that. It may not be reproductive in the like literal sexual sense,
0: yeah, but, but it is as- for having but kids, it is, they're going to be more queers.
2: There is a reproduction of, of this culture, you know, that, that I, I do think, I think that that, and, and also I think that this movie represents through the, you know, like, even if it's, it's not queer, this movie isn't queer. Right. But it, it like, like what I was saying in that one review I was reading, it identifies the future with the disenfranchised. And so in a way, and I am kind of, kind of forcing this on the text, but I think it's there. I I think it's kind of there. If the future is the disenfranchised, then queer culture is the future. That is where we can find future.
1: It could, it could also be saying, it could also be a queer movie because it's about a man and a woman who don't have sex.
2: (laughs) There you go. That's true. (laughs) It's stupid. This is stupid. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, it doesn't make
1: sense at all. And the thing is, I don't like to dip too deep into this because low key, like, straight people shouldn't know about this like it's because it's such because here's the thing it's like white people reading about afro pessimism it's like it's like you shouldn't be getting this into your brain because the way you're gonna act if you start thinking this way is so bad like if you just because if you just start being like yeah queer people are opposed i mean you two guys specifically but i just mean just yeah, yeah. one gets into their head like oh yeah queer people are just in they represent the death drive and are in pure opposition to all the civilization Then it's like you are just gonna be like a nazi
2: <laughs> <laughs> well or you're gonna be like guilt like this this guilt written guy who's like well oh lord my civilization yeah it's built on my straightness i should just kill myself oh my yeah God. just oh, my like God. flagellating Shut all up. the time <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ. Calm yeah, no, down, no. I
2: I think I think Lee is interesting to engage with, but I also think you're right that I I just think there's there's probably it's probably not great to follow this line of thinking. I think especially if you're a straight person because yeah. I, maybe like you're not going to be a good ally if you're thinking <laughs> I mean, you <laughs> yeah. Me?
1: Yeah, no, no, you should be fucking watching. No, no. Watch uh uh like Bros with Billy Eichner if you want to be a good ally. Watch like Perks <laughs> of Being a Wallflower.
2: Well, uh, I think we probably should move toward wrapping up here because we've been going for like two hours here. What would uh, you give it
1: out of 10? I don't do ratings out of 10, but I could do one for this because that would be fun. What would you give sure.
2: it out of 10? Uh, 10 out of 10 for me. I, okay. I yeah, I, I think mean, Chris will say the same thing.
0: I, I mean, yeah, probably. The, the bigger thing is like when people ask me like, hey, what's a movie that you put on to just have a movie on? this is one of the movies that I say
2: that's insane. I can't imagine that being the case. <laughs> that, okay. That,
0: that, that's insane <laughs> for me
2: too. Just because this movie grips me so much emotionally that it's not a movie I can have on in the background. Cause it, it, unless I want to just be crying all the time. No, no. Like, like, what,
0: what, I, what I mean is like, Hey, I feel like watching a movie and there's like, mm-hmm. there's like four or five movies where I'm like, Hey, today I want to watch a movie. What am I gonna put on? And I don't. I'm not like in a particular mood for a specific movie. i was just be like, "I'll watch okay. children." Of yeah. yeah, do you have one of those? Do you have one of
1: those, Josiah?
2: Not, not really. I, I do really watch like a different movie every time. It, yeah, I, I don't know. I, mean, I another I, one I of
0: mine, to... which maybe is gonna like betray my taste. I don't know, but another one of my just to have it, just because I want to watch a movie. Movies is the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. I fucking love that. Movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes. I love that movie so much.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh for me yeah. it's probably under the silver lake. I've seen that movie a lot of times. It used um, to be primer for me, yeah. I I've primer, seen primer. I'm I'm so primer. I've seen Primer so many times. Uh what I'd give the movie. Oh, I, it's at least an eight. Like I think at the least, floor yeah. of it is that it has to be an eight. Like I, I'd give it like yeah, I'd, I'd give it like an eight point five or something like that. I think that it is Okay. Despite the things that I pointed out as like criticisms or whatever, in terms of like all of that being said, it's like okay, like what's a better sci-fi movie from that decade? Yeah. It's like I don't know. Maybe none of them. So maybe that's an argument for it being like a nine or something. But whatever. This is why I don't do ratings because they're all arbitrary and silly. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's it's great. Come on, watch it. And come on. It, first off, if you got this far and haven't watched it, then I've no idea. You're weird. But <laughs> like. You know, yeah. you gotta see it. Like you should see one. it. You
2: should see it. Like, yeah. yeah, it's an amazing movie. Um,
1: yeah, that's where you should end up.
3: Yeah, the movie, the <laughs> movie, the movie. <laughs>
2: well, uh, I would like it's to say, movie. as we're wrapping up, though, that this is the uh, this is the final episode of Fruitless for 2023. So, true. Um, I would like to say thank you everybody who has been listening um, this year. Especially uh, as I kind of got this relaunched, the show kind of relaunched in August. Um, appreciate everybody who has started joining the Patreon and you know doing that s- this stuff and just kind of listening as I've been figuring this podcast out. So I appreciate it, and I hope that I have more fun stuff in 2024. And it sounds like next year we're doing "It's a Wonderful Life" and a Christmas Carol or something. So. <laughs>
0: Next Christmas, so dude. Yes, right. I am down. I am down to do like a deep it's exegesis a of both a Christmas carol and it's a wonderful life. Wonderful life. I, I like, would, I would, I mean, again next year. I'm mean, so fucking down.
2: Yeah, I would, this, this crew revisiting it's a wonderful life has a lot of background stuff. It's not the same kind of set design as children of men, of course, but like, there's a lot of that, like very careful set design in that movie that would be fun to, you know, anyway, thank you everybody for listening and, uh, yeah, I'll see you next year. See you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of fruitless. The last episode of fruitless for 2023. Um, it's, been a, it's been a fun year. Um, please remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it helps us out with the algorithm and helps people find the show. And um, also, if, you, if this is your first time listening to the show, check out other episodes, etc. And we have a Patreon. It's in the show notes. You can check that out. It's got more content, if you like content. And speaking of the Patreon... This episode is brought to you by our lovely patrons, who include Chris Barker, (laughs) Leo Zachary Dickinson, James R., Thomas C., Kyle Gannis, Moss, The Worst of All Possible Worlds, Stephen, a.k.a. Spike Stonehand, and Gavin Aronson. Looking forward to seeing you in the new year.